Ladies and gentlemen, Christian Cunningham, all founders. This episode is about leadership lessons from Daniel Andrews, Victoria. So we were still a bit surly, but it wasn't quite as angry as some of the previous episodes. Uh, what we did do was investigate or look into what we thought some of the options were a bit earlier on in the piece. And most importantly, and I guess for the people that we work for and with, uh, some of the lessons that you can apply to your own business and to your own leadership style and skill set. We also had an interview which was pretty tough with Angela Wood from Big Group Hug, which is a charitable organization. They help the absolute neediest and it is the most direct charity we've ever come across. So we are tangentially involved and, and help them with a few bits and pieces here and there. And we're very, very proud of the work they do. And Angela articulates very well what some of the challenges are in lockdown. So it's not easy listening, but uh, I think it's very useful and, and instructive. And indeed, if you are looking for, certainly coming near Christmas, if you are looking for a charity to, to contribute to, this would be definitely one worth considering. So happy-ish listening and uh, hope you get something out of it. Good afternoon all. Welcome to the All Founders Show for another week. Um, it's another fun week in the in the world and I think that probably will avoid my usual question, which is to my inimitable co-host, how are you? I'm going to avoid that today. <laughs> wow, good move. I think we'll probably save us about six minutes. Um, today we're talking, it's a, it's a semi-special edition AF. We're sort of coming sort of back to regular programming, but um, we've got a bit of a segment today on leadership lessons and then we've also got wonderful guests from big group hug that we'll be talking about their, their yes. charitable organization yes. that we are involved with in a tangential sort of way and yes. they're a terrific group so we're, we're very excited to have them on today yes. but you know what i'll ask you how are you laura i reckon i'm going to say something positive today I like it. for all the armenian like women out there we've had a win yeah. this week with Gladys in uh, New South Wales, good on her and uh, don't mess with the Armenian women is all I'm going to say. Well, I'd say if there's one lesson I've learned in life is do not mess with the Armenian women <laughs> because you will come off second best. That's right. Today we're talking leadership lessons. Um, we have spent a fair bit of time in the last few weeks on the hot topic mm -hmm, and that mm -hmm. is predominantly in our state of Victoria and, and, and the circumstances there. Yeah. Um, I think that we want to take a slightly different tack today and we want to say, you know, obviously a lot's changed. Here we go. It's been two minutes. My earphones already popped out. Um, we want to take a slightly different tack today and say, let's bring the situation back to leadership. Yes. First principles 101. Um, and I think that that's, that's, that's useful. So what I want to do today was talk about how not so much go through the whole timeline of the last six months, but maybe some key moments and changes and some yes. lessons for businesses. Does yes. that make sense to you? Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Okay, the key moment as I see it, and you feel free to argue, is hotel quarantine. Yeah. Um, from the moment the hotel quarantine was clearly busted, yes. um, a whole range of events have happened mm. and dominoes have fallen that, and to use another you know, idiom, you can't unring that bell. Yeah. Um, now I want to start by saying this again, the Premier has a mandate and we respect that mandate yes. to lead a state. Uh, you come up to a situation like the hotel quarantine it could have happened to anybody. Yep. The judicial inquiry has given us a whole bunch of information that is alarming, mm. but even that could have happened yep. to anybody. The reality is 
things go wrong, right? Especially fog a big organisation like the, the State Health Department. Right? State Health Department, things organise yep. very quickly. Um, there, there's a whole range of mistakes that they'll, they'll comb over for the next yes. few months that will become evident as time goes on. The point I would make is Ruby Princess, New South Wales, exactly the same. So let's call them the same situation. Yes. You know, failures happen. What happens next? And this is from a leadership point of view. Mm. What you do next when something that you are responsible for and you're not arm's length close enough to affect it yeah. is pretty much going to define your leadership future. So put this in the context of the 50,000 people in, in, in state uh, bureaucrats in Victoria. You're running a 50,000 person organisation. You're not going to be able to look into every single little nook and cranny. You and can't. I think it's realistic yeah. to expect someone to do that. Um, when the debacle happened, he kicked it straight to a judicial inquiry. Yes. Um, and I think that that is, to me, the first error. Yep. Had an opportunity to come out and take full responsibility yes. for it and then give us a plan to fix it. How am I going so far? Look, I think you're right that, you know, the, the second that as a leader you, you focus on whose fault is this and, and how's this happened and all of that and you don't actually just grab the bull by the horns and say, okay, let's fix it. We stuffed it up, right? Someone's, it's, it's stuffed up. It's stuffed, no, we stuffed what it up. But even if But you, it's entirely forgivable. Yes. It's an entirely, every single person would have said, fair play, global pandemic, all we have to do is stand up six, eight, 10, whatever it is weeks yes. ago and say, we made a horrendous set of errors and we're going to fix it. This is what we're doing to fix it. It's really interesting. Mm. We talked about, you know, from a cultural perspective in an organisation and let's apply, you know, let's bring it back to, to what's happened with the quarantine, mm. where the, the first re reaction was to go and work out, well, how did this happen? And point fingers and find blame. And I wonder whether a big part of what's going on at the moment is a cultural issue within yep. the organisation yep. where instead of people coming forward and saying, there is a problem, we stuffed up, yep. I stuffed up, yep. let's get on with it. Yep. What do we end up with? What if you've got a culture where everyone is covering up because they don't want to get in trouble? Now, that is one of the possible situations right now. Yeah. And this is not just, this is all over politics, I think, in general, that if you're setting the scene for 50,000 people that you can't get, you're not at arm's length to control, you've got leaders that you're responsible mm, for, mm. the first principle has to be no surprises. Yeah. And people have to feel like if even if there's the biggest calamity happens, yes. that they can bring it forward and that it will be met with resolution rather than retribution. Absolutely. You have to have a culture where your team can bring you the problem. And the quicker it gets up the flagpole, the better. I actually worked with someone who um, used to, you know, obviously couldn't, same bit like the Premier, couldn't be across every single of course, bit of detail. Of and I said to her when I started working with her, what do you want me to report to you about? Like, you can't know every single thing I'm doing every yeah, single yeah. day. And she said, if I go upstairs and somebody might walk past me or it might be mentioned in a meeting that I'm in, that's the stuff I need to know. Yep. And and that was, you know, it's, it's all a bit abstract, but I think it's really important that an organisation understands what needs to be alerted Escalated. quickly. Yeah, and it has to be, it has to be encouraged. So... The biggest calamities especially, the bigger the problem, yeah. the quicker it has to be escalated. Yeah. The second thing is I think that's fairly instructive is many, many leaders are in positions where they're leading businesses or, or organisations where there's a big problem, right? Mm -hmm. Where the, and well, let's not list a range of problems, but there's lots and lots of people who are, who are met with 
major problems that are newsworthy, if yes. you like. I am a sicko. I love that situation. I actually think that is the best. Anyone can lead in peacetime, yep. right? But when it starts to get hard is when it matters. I would love, I, I know this is weird, but I would love to be the CEO of, let's say, some of the companies that are currently under certain investigation for yep. certain things because you get a chance to go out there with a totally fresh mandate and take it to the public and say, you know what, this is all bad. We're yes. Instead of the cover-ups, and because the cover-ups always worse than the crime. Always. We're coming out, we're doing this, we acknowledge it, we're fixing it. These are the 10 steps we're taking. We'll check back in with you monthly, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Instead of obscure, obfuscate, hide, kick the can down the road. It's well, inevitable. Because it just means that every single issue that rolls in behind it gets wrapped up in That's that. Right. Oh, well, we're not really dealing with that. We're just going to push yep. that away and focus on other things and pretend like everything's okay. And you're That's not, right. you're never then addressing the problem. You're never then actually fixing but it's things. But in, it's inevitable that that clock's going to run out. And yep. when it does run out, it's going to be 10 times as bad. Now, if he had a now, again, I'm, it's a bloody tough job. Look, this is this is once in two, three generation situation. But the the leadership lesson is simple. Whether it's one, a bad thing that happens this week with one staff member, yep. whether it's a bad thing that happens with 50 staff, whether it's systemic yes. issues that you're facing, you've got to get out there and, as you know, I like to say, yep. look the tiger in the eye and say, this is where our shortcomings are. Yes. This is what we're doing to fix them. Everyone will give you time to fix them if you bring it to the table. Absolutely. and But that actually has to go right through all levels of leadership yep. in an organisation. Yep. And some of the best organisations I've worked in, especially as a junior person, yep. I've always been told, if you find something that's a mess, bring it to us ASAP, let's sort let us, it out. Let us fix it. Don't try and fix it yourself. And yep. you actually learn as a junior person to see the issue and bring it with a solution to your leader as well. And if you can build that in your organisation, you're already halfway there. And they're the leaders that get promoted and, and get more opportunities. Or, or you end up with people who cover sweep things under the rug and oh. guess what? Then they leave. And the second they've gone, <laughs> someone goes, oh, what's happened here? And, and you're just dealing with this great big mess. So I think it's a cultural thing. Agreed. It starts at the top. There has to be... A, a free space for people to come and say there's a problem. Has to be encouraged. Has to be encouraged. Yes. The, the the final advantage of looking the tiger in the eye, and in Dan Andrews' case, uh, coming out at any time in the last six months yes. and giving us the straight dope, is that you start to get control of the narrative. Now, yes. right now, he has lost entire control of yep. the narrative. Yep. There, there are snipers in every corner. It, it, it's, look, it's inevitable that his time is is, is done. Yeah. Um, one way or another. Yes. Uh, now and I. Th now, there's no way to to say this is how it would have unfolded, but what you can say is you get control of the narrative. Yes. And if you go out and look the tiger in the eye and you say, we have made a calamitous error, this is what we're doing to fix it, you then have the fix-it narrative yes. rather than this rolling, like the, the optics of a cover-up narrative. Now, those two things diverge yep. and they get further apart every day. Well, look at last week when we asked Gemma, we said, you know, give us, media, give, yes. give us give us your, your score for all of the, the various um, leaders around the country. And first off, she said, my mate Gladys, you know, Ruby <laughs> know Princess. Gladys, but... She's my mate. She's my mate, us Armenian women. Um, <laughs> so, you know, Ruby Princess, we all know what happened there. She came out, she apologised and got on with it. And 
you know, now her team is being hailed as the gold standard yeah, right. of contact tracing. Yeah. When there was that epic mess, they just accepted it. Okay, that was a mess. We don't ever want that to happen again. So let's address it. And I just think that that, like you said, it set the tone for her government that, okay, we're going to find the gaps and we're going to fill them. That's right. Now we're in fix it. Instead of, it's all fine, don't worry about it, and we're going to spend millions of dollars investigating where things went wrong. So I think we've beaten this, flogged this dead horse. Well, there's one more thing. I mean, contact tracing, just very briefly, like the contact tracing is another perfect example. If If you can get out in front of it and say, our contact tracing, we're doing our best. We've got 2,600 people in this department. We're working really hard, but we've got gaps instead of not saying that. And now getting dragged, kicking and screaming to New South Wales, can we please find out (laughs) how you're doing it? Actually, that's another point that we we didn't, we meant to talk about. And that was when there is a mess up, when things go wrong, to not be so, so sort of big headed to not think that you can ask for help. Absolutely ask for help. Ask for help from everybody. Nobody has ever been um, criticised for asking for help at the right time, ever. Well, if they are, that is a ridiculous criticism. Exactly. Yeah, you know, none of us can do this um, anything on our own. We, we're, we're, you know, two heads better than one, all that sort of stuff. So I think, um, anyway, we could talk about well, this forever. Well, we could say that all day. <laughs> so th- that's good. We did okay. That was all right. Um, today we have a wonderful guest. We have a wonderful guest from uh, an organisation that is very close to our hearts and yes. we're, we're, you know, tangentially involved with, and that is Big Group Hug, welcoming Angela Wood today. Have we got her on the uh, on the, the cans? Hello. Hi. <laughs> How are you doing there today, Angela? Doing well, doing well. Taking notes, actually. Taking <laughs> Cause... a lot of notes from what you've just said. Nothing ever goes wrong, a big group hug. Uh, we never need to no, worry well, about no, It's actually really good parenting advice I'm taking as well. <laughs> Hang on. If things you go wrong with your parenting... Mistakes. Oh, of course. Yes. <laughs> you can't cover up with kids. You just can't do it. So. No, but you've got years to fix those uh, those mistakes, so that's okay. Yeah, that's true. That's and there's true. no and there's no yeah. press conferences either, so you don't have to face the, the media either. Um, Only when you visit the grandparents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the right. other way around though yeah they have to face the music with the sugar that's my that's yeah true. <laughs> that's true. so we're talking big group hug today now this is your um now how long have you been has big group hug been rolling you just have to uh, remind me yeah about seven years going on eight wow good on you and tell yeah. us a bit about what it is sort of what problem big group hug solves and what it's all about what got you started yeah so um Globally, so the, 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 the kind of issue that we tackle is childhood poverty and, um, you know, disparity and opportunity for children in the early years. So we, we work with community, so everyday people and with community agencies. So we accept donations of pre-loved goods from av- average everyday people. Uh, we take them to our warehouse and we clean, we sort, we fold, we fix we package up and then send those goods out to families through social service agencies, hospitals, maternal child health. Uh, and that goes out to vulnerable families in any kind of stage of vulnerability. It may be that you're having a tough month, it might just be that you're having you know, intergenerational poverty and can't get out of that. Um, we, we give goods you know, uh, without any judgment. So you just need to ask for help. as as you guys have recommended doing and that's one of our things is we encourage help seeking because as you say you know nothing really bad can come from asking for help and we do all need help so 
yeah, so that's what we do. And it started with me being um, both, uh, I'm going to say angry and pig-headed in equal measure, I, imagine, I think. Uh, so I saw a few things happening that sort of didn't sit well with me, reading articles about families sleeping on the floor with nothing for their children to come out with and people throwing things away on hard rubbish and thinking, oh, someone needs that and sort of just putting that all together. So then I opened my house to donations and turns out people are very generous. So, um, yeah, so then, uh, you know, we've grown from there. Basically, we now operate out of a warehouse with about 200 volunteers and we're fully volunteer run and we have been ever since we began. So on the blood, sweat and tears of volunteers, we've grown to, you know, quite a substantial organisation we're very proud of. No, I think you have a lot to be proud of, Angela, and I think uh, your volunteer team are unbelievable. We've been out and seen the, the facility ourselves, and it's just... Uh, now, speaking of the facility and, and, and these current circumstances, I think this is... I mean, we, we probably need to change gears a little bit here. The, the last few months has been very, very difficult for a lot of people, and uh, I, I understand that your uh, warehouses, you've had to sort of shutter it for a little while, and... Um, how are you managing and, and how are you sort of making it happen in these extraordinary circumstances? Yeah, so I'm, I'm half like you, Christian. I don't mind a challenge. This is probably beyond, you know, what I imagined I could cope with or any of us did. So we, you know, we hit the perfect storm as I think many, many charitable organisations and businesses have with, you know, vulnerable volunteers we couldn't have in our warehouse you know, lack of, um, you know, inability to move around so we couldn't access donations and then, you know, reduction in funds and no events, those sorts of things. So that presented quite a challenge and we came up with some really, um, I think, sort of ingenious ideas. We had initially a a drive-through delivery service so people could donate their pre-loved goods, you know, with just sort of driving, slowing their cars down and we would, you know, take their goods out with contactless and that was great. Stage four restrictions have then become, you know, a whole nother level, which makes sense. So we have, um, we've struggled to access donations, even though people have things sitting in their homes. Um, we've got some really dedicated volunteers and because we're classed as an essential service, we have been able to continue a little, but we've only been able to really focus on those emergency cases. And we've, we've almost fully run out of some stock. We've not been able to provide cots and car seats and the big things that we can't get um so you know but then we've reached out to organizations who've just responded phenomenally you know and i i've started emails with i can't believe i'm even asking you this i know you must be going through so much but can you help and the, the response has been it's just been extraordinary really people that we've been you know really have helped us all along have then dug even deeper to help more and our volunteers, that they're just genius, you know. Like they're taking bed sheets and turning them into toy bags, and we, they won't. We can't throw anything out because they're just repurposing things. You know, I'll get photos of dolls with their hair being washed and blow dried because, wow. you know, that's just the genius of people in their homes. Yeah, phenomenal. It makes phenomenal. Me quite emotional, Angela. Tell us, as hard as it is, we'd be really interested to know what has changed in terms of the request for help over the last three yeah. to six months, have you seen a change? Is it getting worse? I sort of, Laura, I liken it to a bit of a pressure cooker. So, you know, and, and as we've gone through the stages, as you said, it's all sort of building up. Um, family violence is, is sort of the leading cause of homelessness among women. 
Um, so we've been getting, you know, so so that's that's part of that pressure cooker that it, that is going to explode. Um, I have no doubt um, in terms of women and children being sort of, you know, fleeing. Um, we have had a, just an increase in. It's not just the increase in volume; it's the increase in in severity of desperation. So I will get person. We normally work through agencies, but I'm getting every day emails from people who's and the heading is I am struggling to feed my child and you know I'll just be looking through and that email will just pop up or last week I got a call um, uh, about a child which I'll, I'll tell you about in a moment but so people that fall through the cracks who don't have access to you know job seeker or you know uh, there was a mum she's desperate for her child she's an international student she was here on a three-month visa she's been stuck here her husband lost his job overseas she just has nothing for her child and can't access funds. So those those are the stories that are increasing. Um, but last week, you know, this is I, I we hear tough stories. But last week, I got a call uh, for from a social worker for a child. This is what I mean about the pressure cooker um, of family violence being being a thing. Um, you know, financial burden, um, children isolation that all exacerbates that situation. And we got a call to say that. Um, Oh, I can't even, you know, it's hard to even say these words, but that there was a four-year-old that needed help because she was in hospital for non-accidental injuries. Mm. And that means that that child is yes, we know beyond that vulnerable. Yes. yes. And I, I just, I, the words just, um, yeah, so I'm just, I'm, <laughs> sorry, I, I'm worried we're going to just get more and more of those sorts of, situations as children's vulnerability is exposed sorry that's a really tough one because my daughter's four um and i yeah that that lid coming off is is where i'm concerned for our for our community and our culture well Um, and you know thank goodness that people like you exist and your 200 strong volunteers exist and i think you know we're all really aware that this is happening, but I think it's it must be really hard for you guys to see it so black and white like you are. And I understand that now what you're starting to see is because we're not getting um, the donations, we can't have them dropped off. Maybe, maybe people who've been able to give money in the past have not got the funds available. And I know that um, I've spoken to your team this week and underwear buckets and sock buckets are literally empty. And I think, you know, a lot of us Aussies, we, we don't realise that there are mums and dads that are, that need to find just undies and, and socks for their kids because, as we know... They grow. Um, they grow. It's not like an adult. If you've got your wardrobe, even if you can't um, upgrade, you're okay. Uh, you know, kids grow and they need yeah. their new winter jacket and whatever. So um, tell us a bit about how you've been seeing the giving change as well. You said that, you know, you've been sending these emails and saying, I, I, know, I, I can't believe I'm asking, but can you help? What is the response you're getting and, and, and what struggles are you having given what's going on? So the human spirit is beyond, you know, it, it's just it's phenomenal and I've, I've seen that played out so much. Um, early on, we, we, were, we ran out of nappies and and... When I started Big Group Hug, I was hearing stories of children having um, nappies taken off them, cleaned, and then put back on. So, and that that burned in me, and something I just couldn't put up with. And I and I've had that same 
thought and feeling that that's what's going on now. So that was a big thing. And I reached out to uh, the Nappy Collective and immediately the next day they sent us $5,000 worth of nappies, which is just extraordinary. That was just an email to the CEO. So that was phenomenal. Um, we've had really great supporters who stuck with us and they mean the world to us. Uh, you know, from the beginning, and they're the ones that I've almost felt bad leaning on, but again, have proactively contacted me. Bendigo Bank, for example, you know, we would not have a shelf in our warehouse without them, and uh, we couldn't access some a, a big pool of funds because we're not big enough, but our local, um, the Ivanhoe and Heidelberg Community Bank said, just tell us what you need. Just tell us what you need. Whittlesea Council, you know, the... <laughs> And it's hard because you have this, unfortunately, natural scepticism that government may not respond when you really need them. But they did not only respond, but they were proactively asking us how they could help. And then they, so they immediately gave us $25,000 to fill some of the stock we couldn't get. Uh, they've come back to us time again and said we've got a little bit more money and, you know, they've stretched themselves thin, um, as well. Um, there's a beautiful company called The Stork Nest and they, you know, they've given in the past and again we ran out and I just sent a cheeky email and said guys is there anything else you can get us and they, they responded again immediately um, individuals who've been posting things to us in the mail um, the Commonwealth Bank you know gave us $10,000 to provide um, trams um, and Honda the Honda Foundation have given us $10,000 to um because of our environmental concerns, you know, we try to actually minimise any landfill. So we're, we've created a, a hiring system for um, baby capsules under that. So, that, you know, that, that's phenomenal. Uh, our volunteers, the ingenuity of our volunteers has been extraordinary. Like I said, they've been making things out of things because we've run out of toys. Um, Bunnings, we just keep going back to Bunnings and saying, is it, you know, they've just given us you know, the things that we need to build our warehouse capacity. I mean, so I could just go on because we are so blessed. Um, and so even though it's a big struggle and it really, it really is a daily struggle at the moment and the heartbreaking feeling that you can't get a child what they need when you know that there are things sitting there, that, that's kind of cr crushing. Um, but equally, we've had such a brilliant rallying response. And like I said, I have had to ask for help, but I've also just had offers. We've been offered, you know, how can we help? What can we do? Um, and that's just been humbling, you know, and to be able to help when so many people feel frustrated is actually a very, I feel very, very lucky to be able to do that. Um, yeah. And so we're very grateful, what, even what though a, it's hard. What, what a strange set of emotions this is where you're extremely got full of gratitude and full of desperation at the same I mean, it's just, I mean, I, I don't envy your position, Andrew, I've got to be honest, I really don't. Um, even just this little 15 minute chat is bloody devastating. And um, But like mm. you said, you know, um, I think we, we forget sometimes and we underestimate the power of community. And like you said, you know, you put the feelers out and you're asking businesses and some of the businesses that you're asking for help you know, might be having their own struggles, but they're, they're digging in and, and going, well, you know what, we can help others. And I think that's really, I love that um, about our community spirit. And yeah. I, I think that's why your organisation is so impactful for a lot of people who want to give and work with you, because there's just such um, a direct um, 
tangible help and aid that you give. Mm. You know, we are talking about a pram, a change table, nappies, just the most yeah. basic, basic yeah. of things. Um, and so, you know, you're here, you've, you've got the platform, tell us what is it you need? What what can people do to help the, the young people and the mums and dads that Big Group Hug work with? Angela, you have one minute. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so the good thing is that everyone can help. Doesn't matter if you're a business, doesn't matter if you're a person, doesn't matter if you're a school kid, there's something you can do. So if you're a business and you've got goods that you think we could use, certainly reaching out that way and, and offering those. Um, funds, we are fully volunteer and completely unfunded. We have a massive rent bill. We have you know, no paid staff, but we have to pay the bills. Um, fully tax deductible, yay. Um, we're, get on our social media, share our stories. The more people that know about us, the more help we can um, receive, but more importantly, the more help we can give. So we encourage more people to ask for help. That's really important. Think about volunteering. You know, the skills that you have will be so valuable to us. You can do an hour. You can commit your whole life like, you know, some of us. Um, but, yeah, and being excellent to each other. Reaching out to the people in your in your street and saying, do you need help? Because I would rather have an empty warehouse and people be passing things on to their friends and families than anything else. That we, You know, if we didn't exist because everybody was help reaching out, then I would be happy. But also tax-deductible donations would also make me happy. <laughs> That's a very, very good... And, and uh, sending, you, oh. sending goods in, mailing them to us. Okay. No, good on you. Good on you. We will we will take some of these uh, this information and get it out there through our channels, and you can kick it around to to your very 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 loving social media networks as well. Angela Wood, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, thank you, you for everything you're doing. You are amazing. And you and your team. You have just the most unbelievable group of human beings there. We love what you're doing. You know we're going to be yeah. here as, doing as much as we can to help you as well. Um, thank you for coming on today, and uh, good luck for the next sort of run to Christmas. Appreciate it, guys. You are awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And stay safe, everyone. Stay safe, everyone. <laughs> you know what? What we were talking yesterday was Are You OK Day? Yes. I think there's a lot of Victorians that aren't OK for lots of different reasons. Um, but whether you are OK or you're not OK, if you're reaching out and you're either asking for help or giving help, um, that's a good place to start, in, in my view. I totally agree. Uh, big group hug, check them out. They, like we've talked about before, they're very, very direct. It's very tangible. You can see exactly where your uh, investment or your donation goes. Um, you know, we give the, our, our full endorsement to how they go about it. And, you know, even if you're running a business, this could be something that you rally your troops while they're at yep. home to, to feel yep. like they're, they're doing something useful while, while in lockdown to help others. I'm getting sweet whispers from Super Producer Rick to say we're done. Uh, so thank you very much, Laura Racky. Thank, you, thank you, Angela, for coming on. Big group hug. Have a lovely week, everyone, and we will see you again next week. Stream us live on the Ticker app, Apple TV, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and tickertv.com.au. Ticker. Streaming news now.